Welcome to another episode of Real Talk with Chuck and Pam. We are taping this mm-hmm. in a small room in mm-hmm. the corner of my house, trying to make sure that we are safe and sound during the coronavirus outbreak. Um, thanks for tuning in. We've got a lot of great recommendations for movies that you can stream on Amazon or Hulu, Netflix, and um, other streaming devices. So let's take it away. Where are we going? Where are we going? Let's let's start with the Netflix yeah. film Spencer Confidential. Okay. All right, let's do that. Let's let's, you do that. you take it away, Chuck. Because yeah, you love this film. Did I can not tell. <laughs> did not love this film. You know, some films are just like a. A greasy cheeseburger and order fries. Never okay. ordered that. What? <laughs> Never ordered that. Yeah, well, you're missing out, lady. You're missing out. Spencer Confidential is not a great cinema by any stretch, but I have a lot of fun with it. Uh, Mark Wahlberg stars as Spencer, Robert Parker's seminal detective. He wrote 40 novels surrounding this. You may remember this character from the Robert Urich TV show. This time we see Spencer as he's getting out of jail. He's been in jail for five years for beating up a superior police officer. Spencer apparently was a Boston cop. He suspected his superior to be dirty, beats him up, and, well, he does time for it. And just as he gets out, well, guess who ends up dead? the guy he beat up, and of course, who's suspect number one, but Spencer himself. And so he starts to dig into this to try and figure out who is behind this murder, and this, of course, uncovers a vast conspiracy that deals with a uh, casino that's being built, the Irish mob, a machete-wielding street gang, uh, and other cool things. (laughs) You know, there's not much original here as far as mystery is concerned. This is pretty much a standard (laughs) urban mystery, but, but I think that this is an example of what happens when you have a solid cast that comes together and brings a little life to something that seems old. Wahlberg is good here. Winston Duke as his buddy Hawk. I wasn't too crazy about him, but I'm hoping that when they make more Spencer films and they're setting this up to be a series, that he kind of develops a little bit more. Like a personality. He seems a little slow on the uptake. (laughs) He does. He definitely does. Uh, Alan Arkin is on hand as, I'm not sure what his role is, but we'll just say Spencer's mentor. He's 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 the uh, what is what is the Alfred of the Batman and Robin that was oh, one of the references you, that they made. Are you proud of me? Look at you with your pop culture <laughs> knowledge. Let's listen to a clip from the film. You're supposed to be his mentor, create an atmosphere of responsible thought and action. Instead, you got two grown men running around playing Batman. We're not playing Batman, okay? This is Batman business all the way. Got you and Big Boy over here running through Boston all robbing up. I am not Robin. And Alfred over here. Uh, oh, Jesus. You are an enabling Alfred. You gave him the keys to the Batmobile. The river's not the Batmobile. Well, it serves the same purpose. And there's a woman in here uh, called Eliza Schlesinger. She pay, plays Chrissy, uh, Spencer's girlfriend. I would, I would refer to her as a broad, and she would not be upset with that description, I don't think. She's foul-mouthed. She's sassy. (laughs) They have great chemistry. She's actually, this actress apparently is a stand-up comedian. Right, and I wonder how much of that was ad-libbed because she was good. She was one of the saving graces of this film, as was Alan Arkin. Yeah, so again, again, you know, it's not great, but with these people together, I had a lot of fun with it, and it's like the perfect kind of escapism that we need right now, seeing at home all locked up. Yeah, I, I... 
could have easily turned this one off. I did like Alan Arkin though. I love his sense of humor. I, he's so dry and so stoic, but yet his timing is absolutely perfect. And Eliza Schlesinger. Schlesinger, yep. I have a hard time with that last name yep. saying it. She was funny. So if we would have had a little more screen time with them. And then some of the comedy that I think was supposed to be comedy with Mark Wahlberg's timing was way off. It's like, okay, that was painful. And now I'm laughing because it was painful, not because it was funny. So most of it was just total ridiculousness. And you know, it is, it's escapism. It's a decent action flick. It's just not one that I would say, yeah, let's, let's kill some time doing that. I will gladly watch the second one. That brings us to Phoenix, Oregon, another movie we disagree on. Isn't this wonderful? Mm, some things don't change. They don't. <laughs> um, James uh, LaGrosse stars as Bobby. He is in a dead-end job in a small town called Phoenix in the state of Oregon. Thus, the name of the movie. He works as a waiter, and he has a real asshole as a boss. I can say asshole because we're on a podcast. Yes, you can. <laughs> and his one of his childhood friends is the head chef in this restaurant, and uh, they both had it. Carlos, the head chef, decides that he is going to quit his job and open up his own restaurant and bowling alley. He convinces Bobby to do the same with him, and they together create quite an entity. Of course, there are a lot of bumps in the road and life lessons to be learned, and this one just was like... A nice, sweet movie, and we were able to see that you're never too old to reach for those dreams. You are never too old to fulfill those lost dreams back from childhood. I really enjoyed it. I think it will appeal to any and every age group, except for Chuck. Let's listen to a clip from the film. This language is unfinished. You don't have time because you're working your ass off at Kyle's terrible restaurant. <laughs> 359, Bob. Cutting it close. You should be grateful that you have a job. Grateful. Maybe I'll join you. <laughs> no, I am 14 again. Join comics and then ride home. <laughs> close your eyes for a minute. I want you to visualize what you'll be doing 10 years from now. Are you serious? I think you've lost your mind. No, you're not visualizing it, Bob. Close your eyes. Don't close my eyes anymore. I feel like an idiot. Yeah, nice. What's wrong with nice? Nice nice is not a ringing endorsement. Okay, neither is there's nothing new here, as you described, Spencer Confidential. And you're right. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) this movie was okay. It was okay. I liked the performances. It just seemed to lack a sense of urgency to it. There was was no urgency. There was no urgency to this at all. And, you know, we we got guys, middle-aged men, who are at the the, probably the final crossroads of their lives. Wow. You know, I mean... (laughs) Wow. Aren't they? I mean, with their age and everything. (laughs) They're Uh, my age, buddy. (laughs) Well, my age, too. You know, I I realize I don't have any chances. It was was okay. It was okay. I just needed it, it... The stakes needed to be higher. The stakes needed to be higher, I think, for okay, me. Okay, okay. A little uh, slice of life just wasn't I enough. will say, and I, uh, being a, a comic book co- collector, yeah. there's a subplot of the LaGrosse character having work, working on this graphic novel for years, and it's a reflection of his life. The art was stunning. Wasn't it cool? I don't know who did the comic book, but it would. it's a comic book I want to read. Right. Because the art is just really knockout stuff. And I thought that was maybe... A story that they should have depend uh, spent a bit more time on. Yeah, it was the it was the thread that brought it all together. They used the graphic art to. I, I know how they everything. used it. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I'm letting our audience members know this. Okay, but they they used that to bring it all together, and I I thought that was great. I tell you what, I'll find out 
about the graphic novel, as well as the pizza recipe. Yeah, and I know you're up, hung up on I that. I am. It here, looks so delicious. And, and and here you go. I know you are really high on how they're distributing this film. I am. Tell everybody how you, okay. they can see this classic, Phoenix, Oregon. This is this is a movie that was supposed to, I believe, open at 17 to 20 different theaters across the nation. With coronavirus, obviously, that's not going to happen. So what they've done is you can go to phoenixoregonmovie.com and you can purchase, and I'm putting air quotes around that, purchase a ticket to see it at any one of those theaters. It doesn't matter if it's close to you or not. And then once you have that ticket, you'll be emailed a code in order to stream that to the safety of your home to view it on any screen that you want to. It's a one-time link, but you'll also get a chance to have um, a digital copy of that film in summer when it's re-released in theaters. It's a great way for theaters to still make some money. They make 50% of that ticket price. The other 50% goes to the distribution company. Um, And it's a really tough time for theaters right now. So it's a great way to maybe help bail out a little bit anyway, local theaters. You know, and who knows, this may be the model for the future. I mean, um, theaters shutting down, big movies, release dates being shuffled, I mean, Yes, Hollywood is panicking right now, but also this is this is kind of what they have wanted in a way for years. Not the coronavirus, Not but the a coronavirus. different distribution no, this, model. Right, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you remember all the way back to Tower Heist, the Ben Stiller film. That was the first movie that uh, I believe it was Universal wanted to release to homes three weeks after it was released in theaters. Okay. And, of course, it never happened because the outcry by the theater companies was just so large, you know. That, that, mm-hmm. yeah. But this is what they've wanted to do for a long time, bypass the theaters. I mean, movie studios, it's a great expense to them to come up with 3,000 or 3,500 hard drives to send to each theater for them to promote, display the film. Yeah. That's a huge expense. Right. You know. Additionally, uh, all the marketing and advertising that comes along with that. Sure. I'm sure they would theaters. still market it, but not as not much. Not the same way, yeah. And also, the theaters do get a cut of each ticket. The, the movie studios have wanted to get around that for years so that they can just pipe it into your home, as you say, buy a ticket, right. or maybe on a streaming service, you pay for it a la carte. And this is going to give, you know, because then the money goes directly to them, and this is going to give them the opportunity to experiment with that. We already have seen Universal, as of this week, films that they already had out in theaters, The Hunt. Invisible Man, Emma, they're going to be available for you to see this week. Right. Uh, so they're they're trying this out and going to see how this how this works. And I'm fearful what that for what that means, as far as the movie going experience as we know it. Right. Well, and Trolls World Tour, I think it's called, is supposed to come out April 10th. Right. And they're it's, just saying it's still coming out April 10th. It's just going to come to your home. They're mm-hmm. not even going to bother with trying to hold off and put it in theaters. So, and I think that from what I've read, there could be as much as a 30 to 40% increase in revenue for the distribution um, companies and studios if they do this model mm-hmm. completely. That makes sense. So, you know, their bottom line is going to increase. So what's going to save the theater? Well, you know, I think what saves the theater is the big films. I mean, James Bond was the first one that said, no, we are going to kick our release date down the line. Because they spend $200 million on the movie, and who mm-hmm. knows how much on distribution and advertising. You're not going to make that money back funneling it into people's homes. There's just no way. Right, right. You know, the, uh, Black Widow, the superhero films. They're not going to make that money back. So I'm just wondering if in the future, 
going to the theater will be exclusively for these large movies. Could very these well be. ones with the huge budget where they need this wider, more expensive platform to make their money back. And those are the types of movies that you want to see on a big screen anyway. Right, right. My next question is, you know, they always talk about the middle budget film disappearing. Is that the type of film then they will make for the direct to uh, home market. Right. I mean, then they could probably make their money back on films that cost anywhere from 30 to, I would hope, $80 million. Right, right. I don't know. This is going to be a, sh- a sea change, I fear, for this whole experience. I agree. I totally agree. And I do think that there is more hope then for the independent as well as that middle budget movie in order to make it more available and more content. So Let's hope made. so. Yeah. Let's hope so. And the interesting thing with this, I'm noticing that uh, streaming services now are offering discounts. They want you to sign up. Right. There's a horror streamer called Shudder. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and they're, they're offering you know a 30-day trial. By the way, the code is shut in. Type that in. You'll get the discount. I finally bit the bullet and watched, we got Disney+. Plus. Right, right. It's yeah. fantastic. Which is what I'm going to do this weekend yeah. as well. Tell us about why. What hooked you? to going to Disney Plus. Oh, other than my son nagging me? Well, yeah. You don't, you don't listen to your kids or anybody nagging you anyway. He's, so. he's been nagging me for, for a couple months now. And then he came up to me the other night. He says, you know, my friends and I just had an in-depth conversation <laughs> about The Mandalorian online, and I didn't know what was going on. I'm Aww. like, okay, we'll get it tomorrow. We'll get it tomorrow. Aww, we'll, so we got you're that. depriving your child of being involved I'm in pop culture. I'm the worst father ever. Really? So, bit the bullet, got Disney Plus for that. But... There was a movie on Disney Plus that I did want to see because I had seen the previews for it and it struck me odd that Willem Dafoe would be in a Disney dog movie. I was like, okay, well, I've got he to see this. He can do anything, you know. He can do anything, but I'm thinking, wow, this is the guy who's done Antichrist. This is the <laughs> guy who's played Jesus. Uh, this the is lighthouse. the guy who, yeah, yeah, but now he's in a Disney film. And the Disney film is called Togo. It was Aww. so good. I think you're going to cry just <laughs> it, thinking about it. It was we. It was the first time I can remember in a long time where we all sat down together and watched a movie. Your and I'm talking son? even you know, teenage son who's 15 son? and 22. Yeah, they just sat there and just riveted by this. And it's a fascinating story. It's a true story about in, in 1925, Nome, Alaska had a diphtheria outbreak. Oh. And there was no way to get the serum into town. Uh, They talked about airplanes. The technology wasn't there to do that. And all these kids were going to die because it struck the young kids. So they came up with a plan for this guy to take his sled dogs to get the serum and bring it back. And Defoe plays that guy. And the thing is, is that eventually, after he leaves to get it, they come up with a relay system that he doesn't know about. And what happens is, is that his team traveled over 300 miles to the most treacherous conditions you can imagine and then hands it off to other dog sled teams on the way back. And if you've ever been to uh, Central Park, and we saw this when we were there, there's a statue there of the yes. dog Balto. Oh, Balto okay. was the last part of the relay because his team was the last part of the relay his team and Balto got all the recognition. Aww. Togo and this guy that Defoe plays didn't get the recognition. And that's why this is called Togo, the Untold True Story. Let's listen to a clip from the film. Oh! It's the most extraordinary thing I've ever seen. He's not a sled dog. He's a lead dog. You should have seen him. He outran every single one of them. 
He's magnificent. A future champion. There's blood. You were right. He's got the heart of a survivor. I'm going to name him Togo. After the Admiral. An underdog. Named for an underdog. And you are going to, after you watch this movie, even as you watch it, I was on Facebook on my phone reading up on this. And it is almost completely accurate, this story. And you're going to see that these dogs do some unbelievable things. And apparently, from what I've read, everything they did, they actually did. Wow. It is really, really an incredible, incredible story. And here's the only problem. Hmm. It's the type of movie I want to see on a big screen. Because, uh, I mean, they're out in the wilderness, they're out doing all this stuff, and it would really, I think, have been an, a, an even better experience doing that. But, uh, yeah, I've already, the $7 this month that we've paid for Disney Plus is already more than paid for itself. That's fantastic. So, let me do, get this straight. You liked Togo better than Call of the Wild? Yes. Right? Oh, okay. Much just, better. Just making sure. Because they use real dogs. Uh, That's real dogs the key. and real scenery, right? Exactly. Um, most of it. There, you could tell there is some that they CGI'd, but I did look it up. They did shoot this in Alaska. Wow. Very cool. Very cool. I can't yeah. wait to see that. Yeah. I, I, mean, I, yeah I want to talk about it next week because I'm sure your reaction is going to be interesting. Is that a new movie? Or? It's a new movie that they made specifically for Disney+. Plus. Okay. It was an exclusive film for them. Okay, cool. Thank you very much. No, appreciate that. Thank you. No, really. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> so you saw one that I'm anxious to see on Amazon. Mm -hmm. Blow the Man Down. Blow the Man Down. This has been at multiple film festivals, and I've missed it at each and every one. Um, it's about two girls, sisters in New England, whose mother has passed away. They get together for the funeral, and it's obvious that they do not get along. They are polar opposites. Right after the funeral, the, the wild child of, of the siblings um, ends up in a very difficult situation, and she ends up killing a man. Ah! Yep, that'll happen. As she tries to dispose of the body, she leaves um, something behind. She and her sister both try and cover this murder up. And we start to find out a little bit about the workings of a small town and, and how people protect one another and um, how outsiders are not let in. Let's listen to a clip from the film. On an New England Isle in a good seaport town To me Can you start over? I'm confused. It was confusing. But you had to do it right. Oh no. I lost control. With a brick. You said it was a harpoon. So what are we gonna do now? Should have just called the police. It stars Sophie Lowe as Priscilla Connolly and Morgan Saylor as Mary Beth Connolly. And Morgan is the wild child of the group. And one of the interesting things is their mother, who's not shown in, in the film at all, but it revolves around her relationship with the other older women in the group, with Gail McGuire, played by Annette O'Toole, and Susie Gallagher, played by June Squibb, who I absolutely adore in any movie that she's in. 
And this is this is a film about family and uh, protecting one another. It's it's riveting and it's beautifully shot. Um, a little disturbing, not for everybody. A little gruesome in parts, but really well told story. I would highly recommend seeking this one out. You, you can see "Blow the Man Down" right now on Amazon. So if you have Amazon Prime, you can just go ahead and click on it and watch it beginning right now. Yeah, yeah. Because I went to Amazon the other night and it's it's featured. You know, when you Is open it? up the page, it's one of the the featured ones. Okay. I think it's the, their newest. Uh, release. Okay, very good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. After seeing reading the description, I'm like, yeah, this is right up my alley. And I noticed it's only like 90 minutes. Yeah, which is wonderful. It is wonderful. Every every movie should be 90 minutes. I agree, I agree. <laughs> or less. You know what I think is going to happen with this, hmm. and we've already experienced this, is that, and the reason I like doing this job is the sense of discovery when you are surprised by things. And as you'd pointed out, hopefully this whole streaming at home thing is going to give smaller films more recognition or more notice than they would normally get mm -hmm. uh for me togo was that and i right. think we both had the same experience with swallow right right which is through ifc which you can get through amazon prime just, just go to amazon prime type in swallow it comes right up um, kind of hard to keep all these streaming platforms straight which is hopefully what we're going to help you do by having these podcasts Swallow. Wow. This was one that I've been offered to be uh, to view at home uh, from different <laughs> festivals, and I've always turned it down. The name turns me off. <laughs> and then well, I read I mean, the description. It, I that say, turned if, me if off, If you too. know what it's about, yeah. Yeah, yeah talk. talk have you, you've seen it, right? I have. Okay. I loved it. I loved it because it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Let's listen to a clip from the film. There was this guy, kind of this local nutcase and he would stand on the side of the road into town and he would blow kisses at all the cars passing by <laughs> and at first he scared me because he had this beard and dirty hair and bad teeth uh, it was like this religious calling or something he had to uh, oh by the kisses. way Richie uh, before I forget um, how was it left with the Carver people they sent over the contracts and it's being East side because one of the partners is in Africa on safari or something like that. A young actress by the name of Haley Bennett. You've seen her before. The Magnificent Seven, uh, The Equalizer, a couple other things. She's always good. Everything mm -hmm. she does, she's exceptional here. Uh, she plays a young woman named Hunter. Hunter seems to have it all. She has got this young, uh, very attractive husband. He's got a great job. They live in an incredible house. Don't She's do that. got great clothes. <laughs> I mean, everything. But does she have great clothes? My my daughter and I watched this together, and as we're watching things, we're we're feeling like she's stuck in 1950. I think that's on purpose. Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, the yeah. Clothes are definitely a 1950 feel, and her husband goes to work, and she sits and twiddles her right. thumbs and, and waits for him she to come is, home. She is stuck. It's yeah. completely a 1950s thing in a modern setting, and she's slowly going insane. She's slowly losing it because yeah, she has nothing to do. There's nothing really that's her own. No. She has nothing that is her own, and that starts to drive her crazy, but then she ends up getting pregnant. And you would think that that would be something she could have some ownership, but the reaction from her husband, she, he says, we're pregnant. Uh, the reaction from her in-laws. Oh, wow. Wow, uh, her in-laws. Yeah, you can tell right away <laughs> that even this, this child that she's carrying, she will have no ownership of that. And, of course, mention of her parents, young girl's parents, there's never a mention 
until much later. And of course, that's a big, big clue as to what's going on. So this girl starts to swallow things like a marble and a thumbtack and quite a few other things. And she retrieves them. She retrieves them as you would retrieve such things that you swallow. And she keeps them as souvenirs, I guess. Something that she owns, something that she has. And this leads to big time Ugh. complications. And that's about <laughs> I all I'm going to say. just even thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, you know, and there's no, I wouldn't say this is gratuitous. No. But it treats it as it would happen in real life, right. I think. And there is a condition called pica. Yes. And that is a real psychological, I don't think it's and, a, I think it is a psychological disorder. And you eat things that you shouldn't eat. Mm-hmm. And what the psychology behind that is, I don't know. But this certainly does give a clue as to, you know, you said she has no ownership. She has no no identity at all. None. None. And, and she seems like a ditz in the very beginning. Like she doesn't, she's not very bright. But she is. She is. It's all an and act. It is. And, and we don't discover that until a little bit later when some other things are revealed. And wow, I didn't see that coming. You know what? I, I read a couple of reviews that objected to the revelation, oh, saying I, that yeah. the, the spell at that point was broken. And I thought it fit perfectly into what was going on. It didn't seem out of left field. It didn't seem cheap. It was like an, oh, okay. No. Now I get it. That totally explains her psychological dilemma. Absolutely. I I 100% agree with that. And interesting, stick through the credits. Stick through the credits of this film. Because where it ends, the last scene, then you see a lot of other women. Oh, really? I didn't stick through the credits. Stick through the credits. Okay. You see a lot of other women. And I think the point they're trying to make is that so many women are marginalized. So many women may have feelings of this nature, maybe not to the extent of her, but that it could be anyone who is feeling what this character is going through. This is a movie I think you can watch a couple of times, and you're going to catch other things and other layers here. Uh, the director of this was someone I had never heard of, yeah. a guy by the name of Carlos Mirabella Davis. He hasn't done much before this. But boy, I really like this film a lot, and I will end up probably uh, trying to look up other films that he's done. He's only directed five films, four of them being shorts. This who, is his first feature. Who wrote this one? Uh, he did. He wrote it, too. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, and we missed the boat because he was at the Siskel Center. He came to town to promote this, and we both kind of pushed this to the side, and I'm sorry that we did. Oh, that is too bad. Uh, but yeah, Swallow. Get it through Amazon. Not for all tastes, but very much a smart film that you'll keep going back to in your mind. Right. Amazon IFC. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that brings us to The Road's Not Taken, which is out on Amazon Prime beginning this week as well. This stars Javier Bardem and Elle Fanning. This is an interesting movie about regrets and a father-daughter relationship. And we travel back and forth in time from the current day to back in Greece, probably 15, 20 years prior. And we get a glimpse into Javier Bardem's life as a writer and the choices that he made. Al Fanning is taking care of Javier's um, because he is bedridden. We're not quite sure if he's had a stroke, if he's got a mental disability, or perhaps both. But we find out about our loyalties and our obligations with family. Even when they don't come through for us, we need to be there for them. Um, And the choices that we've made and what's real and what's not. Let's listen to a clip from the film. 
I didn't even ask where you were going when all this happened. I went to the dentist, and now we're going to the optometrist, if we ever get there. Can you manage? Look, do you want me to come, too? I, I suppose I could rearrange some things and... Nestor. Nestor is there? No. Nestor? Oh, Nestor is no longer with us. He's in heaven. No. Doggy heaven. No. He was a very good dog. Nestor! Nestor! Is he getting agitated? We can give him something to calm him down. Why does everyone continue to refer to Dad as he? As if he's not here? Well, is he? The ending, I had to watch a couple of times because I was like, did I just see what I thought I saw? Great performances. I'm not a big fan of Elle Fanning, but I really did enjoy her ability to be this conflicted young adult who had to take care of her father, bring him to the dentist, bring him to the eye doctor. And he was one difficult person um, mm -hmm. to take care of, as you mm -hmm. can possibly imagine. Javier Bardem is is kind of a Willem Dafoe to me. He can do I anything. Agree. Anything. Um, and he does an extraordinary job as this disabled man. And I loved the filmmaker, how he brought us into his mind. There's one scene where he jumps out of a taxi cab in New York City. But in his mind, he's actually in Greece and he's had a trauma that has occurred, and he's um, leaving a car at that point in his mind. Um, great performances. Seek this one out. The road's not taken. Um, I think you'll you'll really appreciate it. I am looking forward to it. And you're right, Bardem. Anything he does, I'll watch. He even brought class to arguably the best James Bond film, Skyfall, as oh, the villain. Okay, I'll give you that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was scary. He was scary. He was very scary. There is talk of doing Bride of Frankenstein with Angelina Jolie and him as the monster. Oh, he'd be great. Uh, that would be really I good, and Angelina would Jolie be would be so perfect. so intrigued as to what he would do with that part. Yeah. I hope it happens. Oh, I, I would actually look forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> Stranger things have happened. They have, they have. Hey, you know, we are stuck at home. People are stuck at home. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to push this as long as we can. But Turner Classic Movies... When my kids aren't watching Disney Plus, <laughs> and I'm not being suffer have to suffer through Hallmark, uh, Turner Classic Movies is a channel that I have on at home. I love the old films; they are the foundation for the films we have today. This is your chance to get caught up on the old stuff, and really, this is your chance to introduce your kids to old classic film on Saturday night, or Saturday. Yeah, I believe it's Saturday during the day. Creature from the Black Lagoon is on. Oh, is it really? Yes. <laughs> Not that scary, kind of exciting, a great way to introduce your kids to universal horror films. Take it's a little it. hokey, too, it's which hokey, is fun. Which is, well, I mean, I'm thinking kids eight and up. So okay. it's hokey enough that it's not too scary. Yeah, yeah. Know? Well, especially from today's standards. Exactly, you know? exactly. Yeah. Sunday Night, Buster Keaton, silent uh, film master, great slapstick stuff. Whenever I make my kids watch it, they, lo they love it. He, there's a film on Sunday, Sunday night called Battling Butler, in which he's kind of this wimpy guy who gets mistaken for a champion boxer, and he's got to convince everyone he's a boxer. Oh, I Great don't know that visual one. gags okay. all the way throughout. Uh, Tuesday, The Great Escape with Steve McQueen, James Garner. Uh, I was told that uh, one person told 
once said that uh, this is a World War II movie that people who don't like World War II like. And he's right. Mm-hmm. Introduce your kids to The Great Escape and Steve McQueen. I'm going to be keeping pushing these old films because they are history. They are in danger of being forgotten. They need to be seen. And we've got the time. We sure do. <laughs> um, also, what we're going to be starting, we had hoped to do this really fun, interactive um, contest that was going to take place in the Champaign-Urbana area where um, our television show segment is located. Um, unfortunately, due to the coronavirus, we are putting that off. We're not canceling it. We're going to it's have happen. that happen, probably, hopefully this summer. Yep. Um, but in the meantime, we still want to make something that's interactive and fun for everybody. So... We are going to do a book and a movie club, if you will. Amy Adams stars in the new movie, The Woman in the Window. We just got noticed the other day that that uh, release has been pushed back, which is going to give us time now to read the book. The book is written by A.J. Finn, um, and the screenplay is by Tracy Lutz. Uh, yeah, Tracy Lutz writing it gives me hope, as does the fact that the director is Joe Wright, uh, who did The Darkest Hour, where Gary Oldman won the Oscar for uh, his performance as Winston Churchill. He also did Atonement, Pride and Prejudice. This guy knows how to make a movie, and if he can take, I, I think if he can bring the sense of style he did to those films, right. to this, then uh, we might have something really cool. So what we're going to be doing is pick up a copy of The Woman in the Window, and I'm going to get mine through Amazon. It's the easiest thing to do at this point, so I don't have to go out of the house. What? What? We're <laughs> going to read the first two chapters by April 3rd, which is, I believe, a Friday, because my birthday is April 2nd. I'm well which aware is the third. of Okay, birthday. all right, just yes. making sure that yeah, you know I that. It. I got it. are being made. <laughs> <laughs> and we are going to be having a closed Facebook group. So take a look on, on our Facebook page and you'll get directions as to how to join this closed Facebook group. And we'll have weekly discussions about chapters that we'll be reading. And then we'll also be discussing this at the end of our podcast. So after our movie discussions, we're going to have a little book discussion as well. So make sure you tune in. You'll get all the directions on our Facebook page. We'll talk with Chuck and Pam. Um, and... Any other information we want to share with our listeners? Yes, keep watching our Facebook posts because we're going to each have a recommendation each day of a movie that you can watch either on cable or through a streaming service. Obviously, my picks will be those solid ones. Uh, So you're never going to be bored or wonder, what should I watch? You know, what does Chuck say? You'll know exactly what to watch. Yeah, yeah, whatever. All right. Thank you, everyone. And please stay safe and uh, keep checking back for more information. And a big thank you to your home away from home, Sylvia's Irish Inn, Bread and Breakfast on Green Street in Urbana, Illinois, and Hamilton Walker's in downtown Champaign.